Alright, yeah, podcast, my friend. You're such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm just gonna go straight into it. Do you want to start or do you want to do, you wanna do your normal trick? No, nah, just start it. Everybody knows who everybody is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Everyone knows who everybody is. Well, you will if you read the blurb to this. We're live. We're going. Exactly. This is my favorite thing about the Like, you've got to take the, the silver lining in life. And one I of haven't the had things, to drive to your house for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's pretty much where I was going with it. <laughs> I, knew, I, I knew where you were going with that, so I cut you off at the path. You're going to be like, also, I haven't had to have Jimmy. You, I haven't had to. <laughs> surprise, okay. surprise, motherfucker. Uh, um, yeah, what's been happening? I mean, are we, are we going to avoid well, I was gonna, the like, obvious topic? I was going to not spend that gonna... half hour talking about coronavirus because everyone's fucking talking about coronavirus and I'm sick of it. Yeah, I'm not interested in like, talking about it. If it comes it. up, it's not a fucking taboo word. It's not. It's not the new N word. You are allowed to say it, but um, yeah, I'm just yeah, just wasn't planning on fucking talking about it for half an hour. Sure. No time for no. Nah, cool. So anyway, Jason, give me an in, give me your in depth thoughts on coronavirus. Oh, Let's let's spend minutes talking about it. You know? I've got, got a better one for you, and it's much more interesting. Okay. Yeah, I thought we could play a game. Of like, we all become armchair psychologists, and we try and break down what's wrong with some famous people. <laughs> what's wrong with what? Some famous people, because I'm particularly interested. I basically want to know why does owning a tiger get you laid? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I I wasn't going to watch it, and I have been watching. I've finished it last night, and it's just like. Is Every it, episode, you're just like, how how can this get any worse? But then it does. Have, Jason, have you seen Tiger King? <laughs> I have seen it. It's amazing entertainment. Um, if you if you're watching it for fun, it's I, I highly recommend watching it. It's so it's so captivating. I don't know what's going on, uh, but as far as <laughs> nobody does, <laughs> yeah. And then I, as you know, as a psychologist, I can't comment on like actual people but you know the stuff that you're seeing you can say that it's probably indicative of some serious mental health issues um you know if somebody is displaying these behaviors uh it's fun entertainment but then in real life you know uh, that's something where people should get help yeah Yeah. i yeah so hypothetically Um, if i if i started a zoo Mm-hmm. And I had some tigers and some lions and bears, and then a lot of young women started to come and work in my zoo. And then suddenly, those young women—I've changed their name, I've changed their identity, I've linked them to me, and now they all live in my house and they're my wives. Yeah, yeah. How would I go about doing that? <laughs> How do I arrange this? <laughs> like. That's it's just that's just typical cult behavior. Sure. Surely. Yeah, I missed that particular episode, but I did hear about it. Like yeah. I must have left the room or something. It or was something. the doc um doc one, wasn't that? The doc. Yeah, they, they, they don't go into yeah. it for very long. They kind of gloss over. Yeah, that. they 
Yeah, well, because he's the only one from what I've, like, I did a little bit of Googling um, while watching it. He's the one that they seem to have had the least, look like, well, either the least or the most lawsuits on because they don't, like, almost every time they cut to him, he's like, you know, I'm not going to tell you that. Like, there's going to be a lawsuit one day. It's just like, oh, so I feel like they maybe didn't want to expose too much in a doco, maybe. I don't know. Would you even call that a documentary? What is it? Yeah. Docudrama. <laughs> yeah. I imagine he's just, the, to me, he seemed like the one that was the most cognizant of his, what he was doing. Right. Like the other ones, yeah, kind like of Ray trains. Like they, they were just acting on their emotions. Like they, they, they weren't, well, they probably were a bit manipulative. They, they weren't, I don't know, they, they didn't seem like evil masterminds. They seemed like crazy people or crazy right. genes. Like yeah. you know that. There's no, like the Joker type thing. It's like, there's no, like, there might be a plan, but I'm acting on my emotion. Whereas that doc dude seemed like he, he was sitting up and fucking Dr. Eviling it. He had, he had some plans. Right, right. Uh, yeah, with some of them, um, like, just like you said, it seemed like they were kind of, they were kind of out of control or yes. unaware of what they were actually doing. And they were just kind of, they were just kind of going for it. And somehow they were having success in these different these different areas. Um, it's kind of hard to fail when you've got that many big cats, I guess. Like you've got so many, like, and people just want to come see them. So, yeah. like, yeah, I like think having it, a petrol. I think yeah. it probably ties into something we speak about where, like, both me and James came from a corporate life where you, you know, you worked for a big company. And then when mm-hmm. we transitioned over to small businesses, I, the big thing that stood out for me is that, They'll let anyone start a business. Like you don't need to know what you're doing or what you're right. talking about at all. They just, you go on the internet and you sign up for a business number and there you go, you're away you go. So in my head, I build up that like, if you run a business, you must be, you must know everything. You know, you're, you're, on, your, you're on your game. Whereas you can just buy yeah. a tiger. There's nothing stopping yeah. you. <laughs> and then if you think about it, like it may, when someone has 30 tigers, you're like, oh, cool, they're, they're a tiger expert. But when someone has one tiger, they're a crazy dude with a tiger. But at mm-hmm. some stage, everyone was a crazy dude with a tiger. They just bought more tigers, which indicates... <laughs> they are they, crazy. You actually yeah. think about it. It's like, well, how did you end up with a 300 tigers? Right. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there was a point when I was watching, probably just a few minutes into the first episode, and I thought, I don't think any of these people have a degree in zoology. Like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Joe. I don't think Joe Exotic can spell degree. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Just about um, inhibition. You know, usually people think, "Oh, I, yeah, I probably could do this, or maybe I could." But, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the 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 negative side is people like you know like what we see in in the the series where they're just recklessly just doing anything. Whatever they feel like. Yeah. Wherever there's an opportunity, they're going for it. And and the positive side, somebody could say, you know, nothing's stopping me from, you know, doing this positive thing. Nobody's stopping me from making a good change in the world. That's freedom, baby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's there's, there's pros and cons because someone could do some great thing or someone could, you know, end up on a Netflix series for, you know, these reasons. It was amazing how likable he was. Like, he really was quite engaging and quite likable. And at the end, like, I remember I sat down after the whole series and I just thought to myself, 
They shouldn't really let him out of prison. Like, I don't know why. I don't even necessarily believe he was innocent. Is Harold dead? No. So they, they arrested him for conspiring to kill her yeah. and for all of the animal charges. Ah, oh, of course. and Because that, that's no, they, why they, they said they brought in... They tacked on the animal, animal charges. They were trying to get him for conspiracy to hire a hitman. And that seemed... Conspiracy to... Yeah. Because he was... Well, that's... Like, I think the... the well, yeah, but he was mad. He was, he was saying all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah, but it was like, you know, don't say that. You know, he, he, he used to, he kept saying things that you should tell people not to say. Like, don't say that, man. Like, that's going to come back to bite you on the ass. But I don't, my impression was he didn't really, like, he was just talking shit. So if there's some more stuff that happened behind closed doors that sounded a little bit entrappy. Yeah. Well, the, the, the whoever the, the legal, the, um, like the, not defense, what's the other one called? DA. I don't know, the person that was putting him in prison said they tapped on all of the animal charges because the because the, the other one was so flimsy. They knew that they needed more. That's why they just went, okay, well, instead of just charging you with this one flimsy charge, which mm-hmm. we can't prove much of, we're going to charge you with this and these other 30 things. So eventually the jury's just going to be like, ah, whatever, you've done something wrong. Yeah. Like, go to prison. I, I thought it was crazy in one of those last few episodes where they filmed him in the tiger pen and it took him by the legs and like dragged him off and he like shot his gun. I thought he was going to shoot it. I'm like, no, he's not going to shoot. And he did like, he just shot the ground like next to it. But they, when, when he thought they put cologne on his shoes or whatever it was, or, um, yeah, that made that, that I was just like, holy shit. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Especially living in a world where that's possible. Yeah. Like it, it's not like if, if me and you, like we're friends, we're business partners. If I started accusing you of trying to get me eaten by a tiger, you'd be like, well, that's uncalled for. But in this situation, you wouldn't really put it past the other yeah. actors. So it's not really paranoia. It's just that that's the world you live in. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all like ex-criminals and like people that have come from, from difficult times. Yeah. And they're all, uh, and it seemed like um, many of them were drinking, um, using whatever yeah. substances. Yeah. And who knows if they thought, ah, this will be funny, or you know, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> who knows what they're thinking, and then that could end up with someone getting eaten by a tiger. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, if I think about myself as a twenty-year-old man, there would be times where we would have done stuff and been like, ha ha, this is funny, and you look back now and you're like, why did we do? Like, you know, well, yeah, like, well, Matt and I talked before about this dumb shit we've done as kids. Mm-hmm. Like, oh wow, I was, I was an asshole. Yeah, that wasn't. <laughs> That wasn't nice to myself or my friends. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny at the time. But. You know what it reminds me of? One of my other favourites, uh, Grizzly Man. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's... I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, so it's a, if, you, if you liked Tiger King and mm-hmm. you, you want more, check out Grizzly Man. So it's this guy. Um, it's like a found footage documentary. Same type of thing. Um it's this guy that goes out and lives with the Grizzlies, but he goes by himself. He brings his little handheld camera and he goes out to the Grizzlies and he does it every year for 15 years or seven years or something. But his personality... 15 or seven or he goes out one time, I don't know. More than, more than a couple. He's been doing it for a few years. His personality is so similar to that Joe Exotic. So he's, uh, except for in this one, the guy... Like half the rants are him professing about how he's not a homosexual when 
information yeah, would lead, got it. the information yeah. would lead you to indicate it a different way. So it's it's okay. a very similar personality type. But yeah, it's the same type of thing. He ends up long yeah, spoiler alert, in the end he gets eaten by a bear. So it's 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 got that dark it's the yeah. same feeling where it's like a really, really dark story, but there's something there's something really captivating it, but but almost like something a about him. It's like it's like a it's like a car crash. Like it's like it's it's you can't look away. You can't so help. Fascinating. Yeah. About it. Right. Like and I shouldn't they, be looking at this, but I can't help it. Right. And do they mix in any uh, country music videos? Or it's not. Uh, it's it's uh, almost like this is your first film, and then Tiger King is where you've ramped it up a bit. So he doesn't mm-hmm. do any country music. It's okay. all just found footage, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, the 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 music videos come here, kitty kitty. That, like there's so many of them. Have you watched any of them on YouTube? They're fantastic. I've got to, I've got to do that now. The like, I wish we could put one on in another screen here and just sit and watch it. <laughs> or the one where he's on the jet ski, the dude that looks like a Chucky, like looks that, like a fat Chucky. That must have been in his contract, like to finish it on that. <laughs> I was wondering, like, where did this come from? <laughs> he was he was trying to get his break, man. He was trying to get his break into music videos, and that's how you do it. Apparently, just ride a jet ski across the ocean with your sunglasses on but again there oh, is man. something captivating about that right something about it it's also just part of like you know the nerve like the courage to just do that like yeah. <laughs> you can't help them well it's like where do these where do these people come from like it's like it, it really just jason than they live to us yeah well, i was about to say like <laughs> it's the whole you know it's the it's the the, the land of the free <laughs> they really are free to do whatever the fuck they want. That's true. That's true. <laughs> what do you, What do you think Look about? You... I, I personally like that. I don't know what, what. What's it like from America's from an American's perspective? Because I know without going without going to the specifics of it, the people that I'm friends with or the people that are on my Facebook that really, really, really like extreme views, one way or the other, make like. I was going to say maybe they've got more time on their hands, but I'm pretty sure they didn't have jobs anyway. So there's no reason they wouldn't have already been posting on Facebook all the time. Sure. But I'm finding that the extremists of both directions or all directions have come out the woodwork um, mm. lately. Do you see yeah. the same for, thing? For no apparent reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, things are calm. Things are peaceful. Um, yeah, there is nothing happening in the world that might make people do that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's interesting. In my everyday life, I don't necessarily come across too many people with extreme views. Mm. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see what the research says, because when I'm just going to the grocery store, well, now it's like, you know, now we know what that's like. But under... Uh, <laughs> not, you, carry, you carry a gun, right? Yeah. But before, you know, only like three weeks ago, uh, in my everyday life, I didn't really come across too many people with too many um, extreme views, or or maybe they did have them, but they were not being vocal. Or I reckon expressed. that might be it, because everyone's yeah, got yeah. a crazy uncle. Everyone's got you know, everyone's got their parents or their grandparents or something. We like. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope they don't have a few shandies around some of my friends because they might say some crazy shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So if you look at just going to work and talking to people, that's one thing. But then if you look at Twitter, if you look at maybe what people are posting on Facebook, then that could be a completely different experience. I'm seeing a heap Mm. of pro-communism stuff lately. Right. Like that's the answer to the problem. I'm like, okay. Well, I was talking to... um, Skippy, the other, Skippy and Todd were having a debate the other day and I was, I was on the phone call but playing a video game so I was only picking up bits of what was going on. But Skippy's now decided that social, no, capitalism is asking socialism to bail it out, apparently. And I was like, well, I don't really understand what any of those words mean so I'm yeah. going back to my video game. Yeah, but like, it's just such a polarising view because like, Australia is not a purely capitalistic... like. Every country has aspects of socialism and like they have aspects of everything. So when something goes bad, the people that like option A start bitching and moaning. It's like the same reason that someone likes a football team over another football team. It's just tribalism. Like you can have aspects of both. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't, I don't get. Again, I I try not to get. I get too fired up, and I realize that you're better off just going about, you know, going about your your merry way. You don't really, you don't really win anything by having a conversation with someone about this. Well, having an argument with someone, conversation's fine. Right, right. Yeah. Having an argument, you, people usually kind of, kind of like, uh, uh, what's what's the phrase? Uh, just kind of dig their heels in, mm. and then if you push someone, then they'll push back. Yes. But if you're having a conversation where you're kind of asking, like, why is it that um, you? You know what's going on that makes you feel that way. Uh, tell me more about that, and just kind of approach it from a curious standpoint. Mm. Then people will be a lot more likely to actually tell you what's going on in a non-combative way. Yeah. Then a lot yeah, because of- everybody everybody justifies the way that, like you know, everybody everybody in their head is completely justified for thinking the way they think mm. because that you know that's the way they think. It is it's an it is an interesting one. Like it, yeah. It's, and it's interesting yeah. how much it's a product of their experience mm-hmm. because I find yeah. that my friends that have viewpoint A share a lot of commonalities in work life, family life, upbringing, etc. And my friends that have B, same type of deal. I, mm-hmm. I personally think that they're essentially the same personality type mm-hmm. and that they're life experiences has given them an experience one way that's formed their views that they're telling people about. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times if people can um, just kind of talk about what they think and why they think it and all that stuff in a, um, it just sort of like a, a, a safe environment where they're not being attacked. Yeah. A, a lot of times people do pretty much agree on most things. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's just like the labels and the, the sort of like dividing line between different groups mm. that people are like fight, fighting against. But what they actually believe and are in mm. favor of, a lot of times is pretty similar. We have like, yeah. I, I agree with you because it's the words that let us down. So like over in Australia at the moment, our government's putting out some pretty comprehensive stimulus mm. packages. Yeah. Now, my friends that are big business and small business are pro that. Yeah. So... You're not going to get an argument out of them about that specific thing. Well, I don't think you will. Um, so there's mm. very few people that are against it, as I, from who I've spoken. I'm sure there are some people out there. There's very, very few people that are out there that are against it. But if you start labeling that as a, 
whole philosophy of how you only approach every problem. That's when people, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's the that's the right response for this situation right now. There might be a different response to a different situation in the future. Right. What yeah. do you mean? Well, well, just because, like, you you would say that giving everyone giving everyone fifteen hundred dollars is a very yeah. socialist communist. Like, to, to, again, I don't. I don't like these labels. Don't don't it's certainly, it's certainly on the left side of the fence. Giving people money for not yeah. working is certainly on the left side of the fence. But my friends that are on the right side of the fence aren't against it in this situation. Whereas if you if, yeah. if, it's, if it's 12 months from now, I can guarantee you they're going to be against everyone getting money for no reason because the situation's different. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's um, really important to... Like assess what a problem is, yeah. and then whatever that problem, you know, whatever approach is important for that problem, then to kind of shift what you're doing and just you know try to do something that makes sense in that moment, mm. and then later on problems can change, and then that would be you know uh, politics, sports, mental health, like just like whatever it is you need to diagnose the problem and then do the appropriate response. So not not a mm. one size fits all. Mm-hmm. You are. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to, though. Like, you have to think. Like, that's hard. Like, if you have to yeah. assess every situation in your life and come up with a detailed view of the situation based on the information, that's so much more work than being like, "Hey, I go for the balls." <laughs> Bronco. Yeah, it's like I can just. I don't. I don't need to think about this. I already have the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times taking that kind of blanket approach will pretty much work. And I think, yeah, I think that's why people like fall into those traps, but then, you know, under certain situations, you do need to put more thought into evaluating the situation and results. And then, um, you know, and then going from there and then maybe it would just be like the most important situations. Like it's kind of like up to each individual to figure out how to do that. I've got a question for you. Sure. Maybe psychology based, maybe not. Is that a little bit about <laughs> that call? To, a little bit about that call to authority. Mm-hmm. About when the experts seem to echo a decision you've because everyone makes decisions emotionally, mm-hmm. um, as I understand mm-hmm. it. Is that people make their decisions with their heart and then they try and justify it with their head afterwards? Oftentimes, um, that's mm-hmm. that's often how it works in my experience. So all these, there's a lot of people that like. If it, yeah, if it suits their work? narrative, they are a big fan of the experts. And when it doesn't suit their narrative, they're a big, they're a big fan of like that mob rule. Mm-hmm. Is, there, mm-hmm. like, is there a way to explain that in psychology? Like is there something where – because it, it is a hard thing, you know, especially we're talking about demo- – we've, we've gone down politics path now. We're talking mm-hmm. about democracy where or everyone's equal, everyone's voice is equal. But then at the same time, well, if there's – if there's a stock market crash, I'd kind of like to speak to someone who's a financial expert. But like, how do you how do you have a voice that's not equal when everything's equal? Yeah, that's not necessarily my expertise. Uh, but that's a really good question. But uh, some of the things that happen in a situation like that, um, you start to get into groupthink. Yeah. You know, every, everybody around you thinks, "Oh my God, it's time to panic. This is a catastrophe." Um, there's lots of unhelpful thinking styles, like catastrophizing is one unhelpful thinking style where there's a problem and then maybe it is bad, but in our minds, we turn it into 
like the biggest problem. The end of the world. Yeah. 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 And it could be a pretty big problem, but it might not necessarily be a catastrophe. But if we look at it as a catastrophe, we're going to panic. And um, when we panic, our body goes into fight or flight mode. And, uh, you know, our heart, our heart starts pounding, adrenaline starts pumping. Uh, it's harder to think. It's harder. It's hard to make good decisions. And that's because if there's a real danger, if there's a bear or if you're in a cage with a tiger like Joe Exotic or something, then, um, you know, you and you know, <laughs> under normal circumstances, you need to go into fight or flight mode because you need to run away and get to safety or you need to grab a stick and throw it and fight for your life or something like that. So under that situation, fight or flight mode is actually really helpful. But when there's uh, some kind of other danger that isn't as tangible, like, you know, a possible bad economy or, you know, some kind of abstract threat that's just kind of out there in the ether, Um, going into panic mode, going into fight or flight mode, that's not going to help you. You need to be able to think clearly and make good long-term decisions. So who... Have we, I don't know if we, I don't, I don't know if the three of us have spoken about it or Matt and I, I can't remember, but I feel like that was almost the definition of anxiety. Was it like, was it anxiety we were talking about or something similar? It's like where, where your body is going into that fight or flight response, but there isn't actually an immediate threat anymore. Like it, there is no bear there. You're worried about something that like isn't necessarily going to happen. That's, that's where like your, your crippling anxiety comes in where people just, shut down right yeah that's that's a big part of it uh, if you're always going into fight or flight mode if um like, so a little bit of anxiety is helpful anxiety is our body's automatic response to a danger it you know like i said before it drives you to do things right, that are cool. yeah. but if your anxiety is on overdrive and you're focusing on things that are outside of your control so then you just stay in fight or flight mode then you're going to feel overwhelmed and uh, you're not going to be able to do things. You're not going to be able to solve problems and help yourself. Um, but if you can focus on things you can control and kind of take a deep breath to counteract that fight or flight mode, and then you're going to be much more in the present moment and much more able to actually solve problems. For me, for me yeah. personally, I find, I find when I get anxious, my anxiety manifests itself in like a really out there problem. So there's mm-hmm. normally for whatever it is, like that, that's my way of dealing with anxiety is I've got to go on a little um, Easter egg hunt mm-hmm. to figure out what's actually bothering me. Cause normally the thing that I'm fixating on or the thing I'm getting anxious about is something ridiculous for lack of a better word. Like it's something that's so far outside the norm and so far out of my control and out and outside of the, the likelihood of happening. That's yeah. what, that's how my body manifests because I think it's my body. I'm ignoring the problem. My body's manifesting the physical stuff. So then my body's trying to, trying to fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know if there was a question in there. We just haven't been talking about me as much lately. And I thought that, that would be important <laughs> to bring us back. <laughs> just get, just get things back on track. Just get things yeah, back Matt, to what's yeah. important. Yeah. Free that's psychological um, advice. <laughs> Well, that's a really common experience. Yeah. Uh, people uh, aren't necessarily aware of uh, what is causing their anxiety. And then a really helpful um, uh, strategy is to just kind of ask yourself, what is the danger? You know, what can go wrong? 
And then a lot of times people think, oh, well, nothing. I don't know. I just feel, I just feel anxiety. Yeah, but, but that's, your, that's your rational side. That's your rational brain. But what's, what's your irrational brain thinking? You know, uh, just kind of use your irrational mind for a second. And, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what could, you know, hypothetically, what could go wrong? And then a lot of times mm. you kind of go down that route, then you can, you might be able to figure out um, like what specific thing is in the back of your mind. And then that'll help you to, um, to address that issue. Mm. Well, I find with situations like this, just for how I'm trying to manage it, is the way my brain works, like I'm good in a crisis. So like I haven't, I've had the least amount of anxiety since mm-hmm. shit started hitting the fan. Right. Because I have a problem to deal with. So my brain, like it's almost like things were too good. So my brain was inventing problems to make me anxious. Now that I've got, so I, I would say I've got more stress right now, but I don't mm-hmm. have more anxiety. For me, that's how I differentiate the two. Stress is when it's something that's a real problem that you're trying to address. Mm-hmm. And anxiety is my one where it's like, you just, you're just making problems for yourself. So in this situation, the thing I'm trying to be conscious of for myself is that it's th- like I, I feel like I have the healthy amount of stress. Like the, it, this is a trying time. It should be impacting me. It's making sure. sure that I don't lock everything away in the cupboard so that I can just get on with it and deal with it later and it gets to the point where the door bursts open and I have a breakdown. Is that having those, having those blow-off valves so that you don't, don't set yourself up for failure later. later. Right, yeah. And then I'm not exactly sure why that happens, but that does that does happen. Uh, I can be kind of the same way where I might feel anxious about, you know, whatever BS. Like, should I make this little decision with my career or should I make that little yeah. decision? But when there's a, an actual crisis, then I just kind of go into problem-solving mode. Um, and what it might be is uh, that... Uh, you might just have more experience and you might have more comfort in those situations. So what, what, what um, often happens when people have negative emotions, anxiety, frustration, whatever it is, the most common way to deal with that is through avoidance. If you just avoid that situation, you don't have to deal with it in the short term, Mm. you feel better, but in the long term, there's a negative consequence. But if you can approach those situations that you would normally avoid, your anxiety or negative emotions go up in the short term. But if you can just kind of keep approaching them over time in a safe, like, you know, rational way, then over time, your anxiety is just going to go down on its own because your brain is going to learn, oh, okay, that's not actually dangerous. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like maybe in those crisis situations, maybe you've been through them several times and then there's just not a lot of avoidance you're comfortable with those uncomfortable feelings. You just problem solve and move. And then maybe in other situations, you just, you, maybe there's some avoidance there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just haven't fully acclimated to, um, you know, just to those regular everyday situations. Yeah. And yeah. I, that makes sense. Cause I think my, when I was having some like anxiety issues a couple of years ago, I think that was it. It was cause I was trying to solve the problem and it wasn't a problem that could be solved. Like I, I like to throw myself, I, I, I like to be like, it's not that bad. Let's just throw ourselves in there and see how it goes. So the, the times mm-hmm. in my life I can think where I actually had to put some strategies in place to deal with it, it was problems that couldn't be solved. So what I, I just kept going in a loop. I kept, I kept mm-hmm. trying to solve a problem that couldn't be solved because it wasn't a problem um, and spending all my time ruminating and fixating on things that aren't, aren't the issues. So that makes sense. It does make sense. 
Yeah, and that's actually mm-hmm. a common experience too. Um, people can do a lot of rumination and just kind of mentally reviewing situations mm-hmm. because they they have ex- they have anxiety about like whatever the situation is. They're worried that there could be something going wrong, mm-hmm. so they're reviewing and reviewing and reviewing. And in the short term, that helps people make, to feel a little bit better. But then if they can just not review, like not go over their mind and just kind of be present, yeah. their anxiety is going to go up in the short term. But then in the long term, they're going to realize, oh, nothing happened. I'm perfectly safe. And yeah. then you can be more comfortable in those everyday situations. Mm. Yeah, well, Matt and I spoke about that the other day. The um yeah, I wonder whether that is a part. Like we, I, a comment you made was a throwaway comment, but it sort of resonated. Was like, oh, um, yeah, like I haven't found myself overly stressing. Um, but then, yeah, Matt, you said you like you. I lived my whole life like I, I very much lived like it's like oh, what's going on? But like I just sort of you live you in know, the make my yeah That's yeah, and like a couple of times. It, yeah. Yeah, there's been a couple of times in the last few weeks where it's been like, oh shit, like I'm getting caught. Like, like I don't really want it in any more new chaos introduced this week because I am, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting close to the amount. I'm getting close to the point where it's like, okay, this is too much chaos now. But, um, yeah, it's been interesting watching different people react different ways. Like, obviously, um, Matt froze there for a minute. You like, well, you went into lockdown pretty well straight away, which, well, again, we're, we're lucky in that we can i guess but then i was talking to one of my mates who's a real estate agent today and he seems to be gone he's gone the other way now and you know he's like oh you know business is booming and rah, 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 and like you know can we catch up for a um you know i'm going to be in the state like i'm going out on the road to do stuff and he's like oh yeah i'm going to be in that area like we can catch up for a coffee and i'm like uh nah man <laughs> he's <laughs> like it, it's almost like a, if I if I don't acknowledge the problem, not there anymore type thing. Right, right. And, and that's that's avoidance. It's it's helpful in the short term, but could lead to to bigger problems. And I, I kind of think of it as like looking both ways before you cross the street. You know, you don't need to have a lot of anxiety about it, but if you look both ways, it keeps you safe mm-hmm. and you can cross the street. So you want to practice the social distancing yeah. and. Um, wash your hands, but, you know, you don't necessarily need to feel anxious about it. Mm. Yeah, well, mm. I, I, like, as soon as I had to shut Yeah, my, it's like I'm not, I'm like, again, like I'm not worrying. Are we talking about you go. Uh, you cut out there. What were you saying? Oh, I was saying as soon as I had to shut my gym down, I'm like, where? Like, I'm shutting, I'm shutting everything down. If I can't go, like, if I can't go run my gym, I'm staying home. Right. Like that, for me, that was the turning point. It was the point where I yeah. kept, the decision has been made. Once I've made a decision, like there's no point worrying about it anymore. Like you can't mm. Like that's the decision yeah. made. There's whether it's wrong or right, it doesn't matter. Almost you've got to continue. You've got to continue in the world with the new norm. But my new norm was well, we don't we don't go out anymore. You know, you know, you you, you stay home as much as you can. Mm. Right. But I think that's like that's tying into your the avoidance side of things is that if I if I don't mm-hmm. like James, you like to say that no decision is a decision. It's like if I don't yeah. make this decision, your decision is you've made. You just can't acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just, again, he's like, oh, you know, I really want to hang out. I'm like, you've just told me that you're going to do six, like, private inspections, and even like again, 
the private inspections are their new norm for not going or being around a lot of people, but you're still going to like six houses. So there's 12 people. Where have those 12 people been? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm limiting my exposure outside to as little as possible and, you know, sanitizing my hands, washing my hands, and doing all the other shit they tell us to do and avoiding seeing people from outside my household. But yeah, it's like the whole, oh, well, if I just don't accept that it's a problem, then it's not a problem anymore until, you, until it becomes, yeah, it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird thought process. Cause to me, I just see it as flawed. It's like, oh, well, like that's, it's like crossing the road and saying, oh, no, no, like we've decided that it's all right to cross the road. I can see a truck coming, yeah. but, um, but we're just going to cross the road anyway. Um, it's like, you know, if new information comes in, it's like, oh, that truck sped up. Like, oh, we're not going to make it anymore. It's like, no, 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 because they said, they said we could still cross the road if trucks are coming. Um, but you just have to like, you know, keep 1.5 meters from it. It's like, oh, but information's changed. Like you're about to get fucking run over. <laughs> but you can't, you can't, you can't look at it and be like, oh, I'm not going to cross the road at all because there's a truck 200 meters away. But you also don't just keep being like, oh, well, it's 200 meters away, so I'll push it right up to that 1.5 meter. There's a, there, there's got to be a happy medium in there somewhere. Right, exactly. Oh, and, and I think that's the decision making process. Like I might, like we're in a unique situation, like where we are. Is there's blanket rules for the whole country, but the whole country isn't impacted the same. So. If you've made a risk yeah. assessment and you go, you know what, based on the information I have, I'm going to continue about my day as normal for, mm-hmm. for X, Y, Z reasons. There's nothing wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm not right. The other person's not right. We're making our decisions based on the information. Um, yeah. it's, the, it's, it's the avoidance, I think, is not helpful. One, one way or the other, whether, mm-hmm. you, whether, you get, whether you're being overly risk adverse or under risk adverse, like, that's, that's, I think that's the bit that's triggering the anxiety for people is, is, I always call it like people want, like people want daddy to save them. You know, people want the government to come and do it. It's like, what, what, what do you think? Like they're people, man. Like what do you, like why, just because they're the government, like what do you, what makes you think that they have all the answers? What makes you think that they know? You've got to make your own decisions. And, and that's what's hard for mm. people is I think there's, I think, A, there's a lot of people that haven't made an actual decision for themselves in a very, very long time. Someone or something has told them how to think and how to act for a very, very long time. Mm. Now they're at the situation where they need to make a decision for themselves. And that's creating a shitload of anxiety. And then and nobody are, knows what the right answer is. Well, then people are, and then people are grasping for the extremes. Or they're grasping for the everyone, everyone go home and go sit in a bunker and don't come out in the six years. Or now nah, it's a conspiracy. Like it's not even real. Like, you know, people are grasping yeah. those different things because they're just looking for a different person to tell them the answer. And those answers might be correct, but the, that's the hard part for people to grasp because you've got to, You've got to determine for yourself what the right answer is and make your own decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the big uh, driving forces for a lot of people with uh, panic attacks or different phobias um, is this discomfort with uncertainty. Mm. You know, when they're not certain about something, when they don't have 100% of the information, they just feel overwhelmed with anxiety and maybe they completely avoid situations or uh, they feel overwhelmed or, or they overcompensate or however, however they might, um, you know, cope with, with that uncertainty, but you never have certainty. And then right now this, you know, this is an example of us not actually having certainty because, you know, there's, there's information out there, but you know, it's changing frequently. So then, so you actually, yeah. yeah. So you actually don't have certainty, but, uh, 
but under normal circumstances, you still wouldn't have certainty. Like, you know, your loved one or your, your wife or whoever, you, she might be in the other room, but if you're not in that room, do you know for a hundred percent? the milkman. <laughs> do you know where the milkman is? You know? Bloody milkman. <laughs> <laughs> so you have evidence, you have information. If you had a bet a million dollars, you would probably say, oh, I saw her in that room 20 minutes ago. I'll, I'll bet that million dollars and say that she's still just right over there. But you yeah. still don't have 100% certainty. So you just have to be okay and be comfortable with that uncertainty and then use the best information that you have to just make a decision and take action. Hmm. I've, been, um, I've been researching stoicism lately. Um, researching? Well, I'm listening to an audio book on it. <laughs> <laughs> so reading someone else's research. But, um, it was it was one of those ones where someone just posted it on social media that they were reading a book about it. And for whatever reason, that picture was appealing to me. So I've started, yeah, I've started listening to this audio book. I'm about halfway through. And I realized it's, it's, it's probably a philosophy that I've taken on that I didn't really realize I'd taken it on. Um, it's a lot of stuff I'd, I'd heard people talking about it. I'd, I'd seen people in my life that I admire displaying traits and taking some of them on. I'd listen to people on podcasts and taking it on. And then, but actually having it explained to you, maybe, maybe there's some tricky bit at the end where it's like, oh yeah, and also you need to marry your cousin. And I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, I'll take it back. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big fan, unless you've got an attractive cousin. But I'm not a big fan of this stoicism stuff. It seems, um, it seems very much on this. It's all about that control of controllables. Is what do you have direct influence in your life? What can you impact and spend your time and effort doing stuff about that? If there's other stuff, whether it's concerning or not concerning, if you have no control over the outcome, it's wasted time trying to control that outcome. Trying to because that's just going to stress you out. I'm worried that I'm not going to win the lottery, so I keep trying to do stuff to win the lottery. There's nothing I can do to win the lottery, so I'm just wasting my time and effort stressing myself out. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Todd referenced that. Stoicism. It's funny that you like Todd referenced it last night on the phone as well. That's. Like he's obviously taken it and is going a different way because he's now controlling the controllables by doing what he's doing. Um, yeah, but but I would but, I would argue that that's the opposite. What he's trying to control, he, he's trying to control his movements in the world. But he's completely. But if you're completely ignoring restrictions, like I, I would I would argue that that's not trying to control the controllers. I would control. I would argue that you know what you can do in your house, making sure you've got food, making sure that you're looking after your friends and family, that would be controlling the controllables. Trying to persevere about your daily work life without potentially being able to do that anymore because of things outside of your control, government restrictions or a virus or whatever it is, I would argue that's, trying, that's still trying to make that control on something you can't control. You... All right. Well, do, you, do you lose that? You're going to be in kilometers an hour. Speak about yourselves. And then you just froze, and then all of a sudden, like 30 seconds. Yeah, you can't buy one. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I don't know where the fuck (laughs) it's gone now, but this, like, not like this happens a lot, and it's always my fault. It's always my phone, my internet. It's always something that I'm doing wrong. It can never be Matt, but it's just, I, as he froze, I was looking at you, and you sort of went, 
And I'm like, I think he's frozen for everyone. And I said, like, are you getting this? You're like, yeah, I'm like, finally. Couldn't possibly be Matt's house in the city. Must be me at me. It must be that every instance of failed technology is my fault. Is that is that your deduction of that situation? Because my computer froze in this situation. That means that every single time something has gone wrong, it is my fault. I'm just saying, how often when something freezes, do you say like, oh yeah, it could be my phone, or are you like, no, it can't be me, I live in the city, it's you, you're out in the fucking stick. It's impossible for it to be me. Well, it, when it coincides with you getting a new fucking Bluetooth headset that you don't know how to use, and you driving a 1943 pickup truck with a fucking plugged in shitty, um, in your cigarette lighter Bluetooth. Hey, all I said, all I said was, uh, all I said, all I said was, so, so it's definitely always me and it's never you. <laughs> Actually, you said the opposite. You said it was always me. You implied it was always me. You said the exact same thing that I said. I'm waiting for the mediator. The, the mediator has something to say. Yeah, you mediate us. <laughs> the number one rule of psychology, the problem is always out there. Yes. <laughs> no responsibility or accountability, except for this one situation. This one was my computer freezing. Every other <laughs> This was one isolated incident. <laughs> oh, dear. I think I had a profound um, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, but I can't even remember what you were talking about now. Uh, still oh, controlling the controllables, yeah. controlling what's in your house. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm bored. I'm bored with this talk anyway. <laughs> oh. Let's talk about something else. What what else? What else have you been up to other than again the obvious? What were you doing up until the first of March, Jason? <sighs> wow, what what was I doing? Um, <laughs> Well, at that time, I was feeling feeling pretty good. Um, uh, I was working with more teams. Uh, I had just worked with, I, I believe I had just worked with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I believe, wait a minute, yeah, I believe I just worked with. It seems so long ago. That seems like years ago. That was another lifetime. It, don't get me started on the, yeah. The Matrix, we're all in a computer system, everything's gone fucking high. Everything's gone haywire since we invaded Area 51. <laughs> no, that's what it was. Oh, man. Have well, yeah, you seen the one where they link it back to the Large Hydrogen Collider? Oh, maybe. No. I mean, they turned that on in, like, 2012. So I went down one of those um, Mandela effects. Rabbit holes. Rabbit holes. Yeah. Which, to me... Seems quite obvious what this, what the, what's going on there, but that's not, that's not, hey, that's gonna, that's not ruin a good story with the facts. Um, but they, <laughs> I read this one. They linked. It was this long, like this long Reddit post, and they linked it back to when they turned on the light hydrogen light. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna mumble through that part because I'm not quite sure if it's hydrogen or hydrogen or hydrogen, whatever it is. Well, they linked it back to that. The uh, collider. Yeah, I believe they turned it on in 2012. And, they, and then they were like basically showing all the different ways that the, the world was getting more and more fractured. They, so they were basically saying we're in the false reality. Yeah. And yeah, it's getting just, more and more fractured as it goes on because our reality, eventually our reality is going to cease to exist because we don't exist. We're in the fake reality. And that's yeah, why well, things are going to keep getting crazier and crazier and crazier mm-hmm. as it unravels. Mm-hmm. 
we might be in the eye of a giant. Um, oh, there's that, there's that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the back of a turtle. The turtle. Um, uh, the world might have ended like with Y2K, and this is all just a computer simulation. Um, all of these pretty much make sense when you look out what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, undeniable. Mm-hmm. Well, God, isn't this? Aren't these like the 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 horsemen of the apocalypse or whatever it is? There's like a famine, a flood, of like the locust, pestilence. all the other shit. Yeah, okay. famine, flood, and pestilence, and war. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, that's right. not not flood, famine, pestilence. What pestilence? Yeah, pestilence. I believe that's your locust and stuff. Isn't it? Maybe that's. Mm, the, that's right. it. No, that sounds good. Well, if you want to go really yeah, out, go go through. I believe someone's done it, and they go through the Bible and they replace every instance of God with the word the programmer. Hmm. So that's the that's the people that believe in simulation theory. They're like the the book still reads fantastic if you just yeah. interchange the word God with programmer. Yeah. It has been translated through about four different languages, though, so I don't know how much credibility that yeah. leads to that. Yeah. Maybe we could just watch the movie and consider that an audiobook or something. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking that. The, I think I was saying on Matt the other day, like, it's good. there's been a few times where it's just like, is this real? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, am I awake? <laughs> what? Control the controllables. What does it matter if it's real? Yeah, it's just like, uh, okay. It was pretty real. It's not going to change my experience yeah. whether it's not real or if it is real. Right. So I can spend my time worrying about it or I can live in the moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When you're in the present moment, that's where you can solve problems. Or I'm an NPC yeah, exactly. and I'm trying to trick you guys into not asking questions. Well, yeah, it's all the, big, the government are just trying to make us bloody conform. Mm-hmm. Don't ask Number us. Guys. Hey? Don't ask questions, guys. Just do what you need to do. Yeah, just live in the moment. Don't oh, plan for stuff. Imagine if that, imagine if like they did that Scooby Doo mask rip off and there's like all these yoga teachers out there like, ha 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 It will be nice. It will be That's nice, I think. Um, if if we can take some positives, like going forwards, like I, I assume we're going to, you know, ride the wave, sort this out in whatever time period it takes. But it will be nice if the world collectively can stop being, like I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the world got really polluted and shitty. So if we can, if we can undo, even just a little bit of that, like if we can get some silver linings from it, that'd be nice. Um, you know, how quickly we forget, I guess, will be the, the, the test how quickly things go back to the old normal or whether they stay this new normal. But that's really up to you as an individual. That's what I'm hoping for because like, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of that, oh, that person's, the powers, that, that person's an arsehole. The power's in you. <laughs> but like, everyone, no, Fire. You, nothing's stopping you from being a good person. Nothing's stopping mm-hmm. you from hugging your mum. Nothing's stopping you from treating the people in your immediate circle how they deserve to be treated. So yeah. nothing's stopping you doing that after this is all sorted out. So if you do yeah, that... Yeah, but that's, I'm hoping... But I'm hoping everyone... I already do that. If just you do it, no one else does it, the world's a better place. 
So it's, it has been better. Yeah, but I already did that. Maybe do it a little bit more. Yeah, the, the problem was already other no, people. Well, you told me to stop fucking <laughs> your wife. Jason, hey? There's always Matt's bloody internet connection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, Matt, well, Matt always yells at me for hugging his wife. Hmm. Six being a good friend. <laughs> yeah, but she's sleeping. It's still in the morning. Keep him six feet away. (laughs) Why is it always when he's on business trips? (laughs) Matt's Matt's sitting there like, why does James keep sending me to Queensland for work? (laughs) Oh dear. (sighs) Um, I need to. I need a bathroom break real quick. Well, I think we should probably wrap it up. Okay. We've been going for a a good hour for a half hour podcast. Okay. Yeah, this is always fun for me. I like uh, I like hanging out. I like talking. Um, yeah, time flies by for me. I don't know about for the listener or for you guys, but time flies for me. Well, I imagine. Yeah, I had uh, I imagine you're normally surrounded by like intelligent people, like <laughs> with like degrees on the wall. <laughs> but that, that's just fun. That's just fun. <laughs> it's just a little bit of chaos. We talk about Tiger King, yeah. problems. I'm done. <laughs> Time for a bath and a mimosa. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. Um, okay then. I won't go to the toilet. We'll finish and then I'll go to the toilet. Sounds good. Uh, peace out. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> oh, hello there. You've just caught me drinking a nice. Refreshing jammu tonic. Completely unstaged. Not not set up at all. Uh, you've made it to the end of our video. So if you'd like to check out our beautiful product, check out www.dirtycleaneats.com and use DCE Podcast for 20% off. If not, but you did enjoy the, the talking nonsense or you hated the nonsense, please check out, give us a subscribe below if this is YouTube. If it's not YouTube, I don't, I don't know. Follow, hit the follow button. Thank you. Bye. I'll kiss you on the lips and take you Italy. <laughs> that is a classic. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Anyway, no time for nonsense. Gotta get down to business. When I get straight to the point, we've got no time for nonsense. No time for messing around. Straight to the point. No time for fluffing about. You're straight to it. Just straight to the point. Just gotta get on with it. Better not be honey with me, bro. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. I'm here, Zane. Now, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you, from the depths of our twisted imaginations, the DCE Pirate Radio Podcast. It doesn't make any sense. The Pirate Radio Podcast, my friend. You're such an idiot.